Hi, I'm Ashley Cooley, a birth baby and sleep specialist and mom of three. There's so much information out there, right? This show is dedicated to helping you clear out the noise so you can figure out what will work best for your baby and your family. If you're looking to learn more about your baby, gain more confidence in your parenting, and get as much sleep as you can through it all, you've come to the right place. Bringing up baby is about to get a little easier. Ashley Cooley here, owner of Birth Baby Sleep, host of the Bringing a Baby podcast. Today, I want to talk to you about weaning from breastfeeding. This is a big question. Um, We kind of all go through this a little bit differently. There's different ways that you can wean your baby. Maybe you're thinking you have to wean your baby or you have to get your baby ready to say, have those solid foods or have cow's milk or you're going to be away from them. So we're thinking ahead and like, how do we go from breastfeeding all day, every day to very little to no breastfeeding? What does this all look like down the road? So let's talk about that, shall we? First of all, could be important to know that the World Health Organization, Health Canada, the American Academy of Pediatrics, the big wigs come when it comes down to it. They recommend that people are exclusively breastfeeding or chest feeding for the first six months of a baby's life. That is all they need in the first six months with continued breastfeeding for up to two years and beyond. So that's the general recommendation by, again, World Health Organization, Health Canada, provincial legislations and all that sort of stuff. Um, but breastfeeding a two-year-old or a three-year-old is so different than breastfeeding a baby or an infant, a newborn. And so the sometimes the thought of breastfeeding an older child is really kind of daunting. Um, but I have to tell you that breastfeeding an older child really could look like, you know, less than five minutes once a day or once every other day. I mean, it could really vary, of course, family to family. But just so you know that while they may be getting, quote unquote, very little breast milk at that point, it is still so full of nutrients and goodness. So they're still getting a ton of benefit from that, not to mention the live antibodies, which I got to reel it back in here. We're not just all talking about breastfeeding. I could have a million episodes on breastfeeding. But when it gets to the the weaning side of it, sometimes we think that we have to wean because we're going back to work. Or sometimes that's why we want to wean. So I don't want to make any assumptions here. Some of you might be thinking that you need to do it by a certain time. Some of you might be thinking that you want to do it by a certain time. And so, of course, you are the parent. You can make those decisions and you can wean your baby from breastfeeding anytime you want. It is breast milk or formula is their main source of calories and nutrients for the first year. So even though you're introducing those solid foods at around six months and they're increasingly getting a little bit more as as the end of that first year approaches, they're still getting most of their calories and nutrients for the better part of that year from their breast milk for those who are breastfeeding. So feeling like you're nursing or breastfeeding like several, for long periods of time, maybe several times a day when let's say your baby's approaching 12 months, you're maybe going back to work, they're going to be maybe going to daycare or somebody else is going to be looking after them. Or like I said, maybe you're just done with it, but we don't have to wean from breastfeeding. There's no have tos here. You can totally leave it up to your little one. And for the most part, they will wait until sometime 
between the ages of two and five will they self-wean on their own. Now that's for the most part. I actually, my youngest daughter self-weaned before she turned two. Uh, and that really surprised me. She was about a year and a half, actually. And sometimes I wonder, is it because she was the last child and just in her personality, she's very busy, but also just trying to keep up with her older siblings? Who knows? But I do know that for the most part, babies or kids who are going to wean themselves will usually wait till sometime after the age of two. But if you are looking to do it before then, so generally speaking, babies who are weaned from breastfeeding before the age of two, except in those sometimes circumstances like my little one, um, generally we're doing the weaning. And again, it might be because we feel like we have to, but a lot of times it's often because like we're, we're done and we want to. Sometimes you might be weaning from breastfeeding because you're actually looking to get your menstrual cycle back if it still hasn't come back yet. Uh, so that maybe you can try to have another child. There could be lots of reasons why we might be instigating this this weaning. So we're going to talk about it. Like I said, um, I, I want to address first the idea that we have to introduce cow's milk to our babies by a certain point. And there can be a lot of uh, confusion around that as well. So sometimes your doctor might say around nine or 10 months that you can start giving your baby cow's milk, say in a cup with their meal as they're eating solid foods. Um, you might also hear that maybe it's best to wait till after a year of age. Oftentimes when babies are going to daycare, let's say at that year mark, they are offering them cow's milk at daycare, you know, unless you would want other ice. But let me just talk about this for a second, because it, it might be good to know that your baby who is still breastfeeding doesn't need cow's milk. The reason why we promote cow's milk, I say we as a health professional, but when, you know, again, Health Canada, World Health Organization, cow's milk is introduced to a lot of babies. So it's not a necessity, but the reason why so many babies are having cow's milk and why it's actually recommended is because it's a fantastic source of both calories, fat, protein, and calcium. So knowing that, if you decided that you didn't want to give your baby cow's milk, maybe you yourself are dairy-free and your or your family is vegan or vegetarian or whatever that is, there are other milks out there. They don't really compare to cow's milk when it comes to the contents with the protein and the calcium and the all yada 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 and the fat. But you can get protein and calcium and fat and calories from other places. So you just be making sure that your baby is getting a well-rounded diet, like we all want to have, I guess. But also, you know, they don't have to have cow's milk. If you are still breastfeeding past that one year mark, past the 18 month mark, past the two year mark, that can still kind of replace that cow's milk, you know? So I'm not a doctor. I am not your baby's doctor. I am not your doctor. And so that is definitely something that you could check in about with a pediatrician, with a baby feeding expert, uh, perhaps with your doctor as well. But just to say that it's might be good to know that it's not really a hard and fast rule. And so getting your baby ready to take in more cow's milk versus taking in less breast milk, you don't have to make that switch. You can let it happen naturally. So 
one point there just to make. Now I guess I just want to talk about a couple of different ways that you can wean, uh, help your baby to wean from breastfeeding when you're ready. So one way to do it is to have somebody else do the soothing and the comforting, whether that's the middle of the night and so you're weaning from overnight feedings. Sometimes sleep training can do that. But if we're just talking about weaning from feedings, period, um, sending somebody else to help comfort the baby and console the baby and by other means. And generally, this is where I say that person would probably have useless nipples. <laughs> okay, so it might be your partner. Um, it might be a friend or family member that, well, they may not have useless nipples, but you know what I mean, they're not the ones that your baby wants, let's say. Um, and so sending somebody else or having somebody else do that for you as the breastfeeding or chest feeding person. Typically, if it's a time when like, say, first thing in the morning is when you would typically breastfeed when you go to get your baby in the morning. But today, you're not going to because you're starting that process of weaning. And so can your partner go in? Can somebody else go in to get the baby for even just the first couple of mornings to get that ball rolling, set a good foundation, and then you can kind of reintroduce yourself to that situation and keep the status quo. So if before you would get your baby up out of the crib, you would nurse in the rocking chair and then start getting ready for the day, maybe your partner or somebody else can go in and get the baby in the morning get them dressed and ready for the day. Sometimes you can get away with um, supplementing or sorry, exchanging that breastfeeding for say a bottle of cow's milk, or maybe formula if they're under a year of age. But you don't necessarily have to. So you can kind of keep that one in your back pocket. Maybe you replace the breast milk with a different milk or a different drink. But it also could just be that now we're just getting up, we're going to get dressed, you know, we're going to go downstairs and maybe eat our solid food first, uh, or just have a little bit of a different routine to, to go with that. And then, like I said, when the mother or breastfeeding, chest feeding person is now going to re-enter that morning routine scene, they can keep that new status quo, that new routine of not breastfeeding right away. So that's just that one example, kind of first thing in the morning. Um, if you're going that cold turkey approach, where you're, regardless if you're breastfeeding five or six times a day, and now we're going to stop altogether, uh, well, particularly in that situation, but even if you're just dropping one feeding that you were doing, and now we're going to just drop it all together, you obviously have to keep in mind that your body is going to react to that. Your body's going to notice that milk is not leaving the body. And we still want to make sure that this is when things like blocked ducts and mastitis and things like that can happen because there's a change in the breastfeeding. Now you're stopping doing that. So you do have to think about how your body will adjust through that, which it will. But particularly if you were breastfeeding, say five or six times a day, one day, and now the next day you're not doing it at all, you're going to want to account for that. So maybe you're going to pump or hand express for just a couple of minutes, maybe once or twice a day, and slowly work down from that. So you don't want to pump as if your baby was feeding because then nothing really has changed. But you're just kind of getting a little bit of a milk flow going, maybe doing some breast massage, have warm compress, and do a bit of hand expression once or twice a day, just for a couple of days until you feel like your body's adjusted to that. And then you can slowly wean from that as well. Um, so that, you know, again, we can avoid things like blocked ductor mastitis and stuff like that. 
cold cabbage leaves do such a wonderful job at helping you stay comfortable when it can feel uncomfortable when you're stopping breastfeeding and it's not they're not to eat you're not just buying cabbage to chop it up and eat it you're actually going to take those cold cabbage leaves from the fridge and put them right over your breasts and put them in your bra and wear them for a little bit and that coolness will really help with any soreness or, or discomfort that's coming from that weaning process The other way that you could potentially wean is doing it slowly, doing it gradually over time. So this is sometimes easier said than done. For instance, if baby was drinking milk from a bottle, we could actually put less milk in that bottle over a period of time. So if they were getting four ounces in in their feeding session, and we can see that because it's measured in those bottles, then maybe we'll give them three ounces for a few days, and then maybe we'll give them two ounces for a few days, and so you can slowly peel that back. But when they're at the breast, obviously we're not seeing or knowing the exact amounts that they're getting every time. So a slower process to do that gradually would be to decrease the amount of time that you're breastfeeding for. So which would likely mean that you would be helping your baby to unlatch at a certain point, once they've gone through, say, if they typically feed for 20 minutes, then maybe by 15 or 18 minutes, you're going to stop them and do that for a few dates. And then maybe go to 12 or 15 minutes, 10 minutes and kind of slowly reduce the amount of time that you're breastfeeding for. That one, that approach I find can be more challenging. It really depends on the baby, the family, the situation that's going on. Um, Because as you know, if you've ever tried to unlatch your baby midway through a feed, they might not enjoy that so much, right? So that's something to consider. But you know, when we're talking about at, at during the course of your breastfeeding journey, and you've gone through whatever it is, maybe you've breastfed for one day and you're done. Maybe you breastfed for one week or one month or one year or what have you. But whenever it is that you decide that it's time to move on from breastfeeding, unless your little one has done it themselves, it can feel like a daunting process. And if you're in that moment of like, we're currently feeding five, six, seven, eight, whatever times a day right now, I can't imagine what that's going to be like in a month or two when I have to go back to work or when all that changes. Know that your body will adjust and so will your baby. They really do adjust to these things quite well, particularly if it's the case of you going back to work or they're going to daycare. You're going to be separated from them now. So on the weekends, in the mornings, in the evenings or late afternoons when you're home from work, like you can do all the breastfeeding then. But when they're at daycare or you're at work, you're just not together, they will be just fine. When you're not around, it's less of an issue, um, which I know can be hard to believe. So just knowing that, first of all, if we kind of summarize here, ideally, For those who are breastfeeding and exclusively breastfeeding, you're doing that for at least the first six months, getting continued breast milk for up to two years and beyond. But if you are looking to wean from breastfeeding before the age of one, you would want to supplement with formula instead. If it's after the age of one, you can offer cow's milk or equivalent alternatives when it comes to the protein, fat, calcium uh, intake. And that weaning process can happen either by 
reducing the amount of time per feeding session that is happening slowly, gradually over a period of a, maybe a couple of weeks or every few days, you're, you're lessening that time or having somebody else do the soothing and comforting when you otherwise would be feeding them or offering them, like I said, either formula or cow's milk or something else in a bottle uh, equivalent to just getting a drink. Perhaps that could be something else that also helps. And it usually is just like a couple of nights, a couple of days of having somebody else do it. And then when you re-enter the scene, you just keep up that new routine that has been started. So I hope that is helpful. If you have any questions, you want to continue this conversation. This is exactly what we do in our Bringing a Baby Community membership. So it's basically an extension of this podcast and then some. I'm live in the membership once a week where we do education sessions on all kinds of different topics. But then there's plenty of time for Q&A with me, with other members of the group. Um, there's so many, so much pre-recorded content that we can get into and a lot that has to do with feeding, breastfeeding, bottle feeding, introducing solids, that kind of thing. Of course, we get a lot on sleep as well. And uh, yeah, so it's, it's really about finding your community, asking the questions, uh, learning from other people who've been there, finding things that are going to work for you and yourself, and maybe connecting with someone like myself who works in this field and can maybe help you set up a plan and find some ways that's going to work for you and your baby. So any questions at all, you can send them my way. We're over at birthbabysleep.ca or you can find us at birthbabysleep on Instagram and Facebook. And I love connecting with you there. So please feel free to DM anytime. All right, guys, that's it for today. Hope you all have a good one and we'll see you back here next time. If you're looking for more information or support along your parenting journey, check out birthbabysleep.ca. That's where you're going to find prenatal classes, postpartum and new baby resources, and sleep support during the childhood years. You can now join our Bringing Up Baby community membership as well, which has tons of additional benefits to helping you through all kinds of sleep challenges and transitions, navigating the transition to solid foods, and even your transition through early parenthood. If you have any questions, just send them my way. Lastly, but certainly not least, if you got something out of this episode or our show in general, leaving a rating or a quick review goes a really long way to helping others find us. So please consider leaving one. That's all for now. I'm Ashley Cooley and we'll see you back here next time.